Welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is Friday, April 1st, April Fool's Day. There will be no April Fool's jokes, at least that I can think of. I'm not going to try and trick anyone with that today. I think it's kind of played out. Uh, Peter, I don't know if you saw this. This NFL player, um, Julian Edelman, he played with Tom Brady for a while. He posted an April Fool's thing that he was coming back to unretire, and it was just like, I thought it was stupid. It's like, dude, we know you're kidding. No, I think I think um, April Fools, especially in sport, and when you do it as a sports person, and you're trying to come, and you're saying that you're coming back, that's just that just sucks to to break mm-hmm. people's hopes up and like or confuse people and throw things in disarray. But even just like going on Twitter this morning, like so many like this movie's coming out, this tr- series, this X, Y, and Z, people are just having a field day, and it's like we live in twenty four seven wild wild west of spoilers and leaks, mm-hmm. so. I don't need that extra layer of like yeah. fan casting on one day of the year. Like, no. Especially as the leaks get more and more extreme, like as we saw with Spider-Man. Like, I don't think two years ago we would have thought Toby and Andrew show up. But now pretty much anything's possible. So some of these April Fool's things, it's like, I'm pretty sure this is April Fool's <laughs> joke, but it's not technically impossible. A quick April Fool's story for you, Peter. The best time my dad ever got me. He used to get me as a child. Um, he woke me up at like, 6 a.m. one day and he was like dude kobe bryant is walking his dog on our street i'm like seven kobe does not live near me and i just burst out of the house full speed in my underwear looking for kobe and sadly there was no kobe bryant walking his dog but uh jeff robbins got me that way um today we're going to be talking about moon Knight episode one as well as some other uh other interesting things at the end, like Thor trailer update, uh, Kenobi being moved to the 27th, same day as Stranger Things, and then the Flash movie, Just things just keep happening that keep making it worse. Not even really the movie's fault here. Um, so I've already actually talked to him, but I'll officially introduce him now. Peter, uh, oh, Peter, you like it when I tell people that they can subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts <laughs> and Spotify. So there's that. Peter, how are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate the the push for um, doing that. And actually, and it's not an April, it's a, I have a story as well, not for April mm-hmm. Fools, but I started school this quarter, uh, this w- third quarter, mm-hmm. uh, winter, spring quarter. I don't even know what. Anyways, um, we had to give a fun fact of ourselves when we said that we were present for class. That's my most hated question. Like I hate, oh, I hate that. that question. However. My brain was was prepared today for some reason that day because I said I do a podcast with one of my good friends. And then which proceeded oh, yeah. to the professor asking, what's it on or what do you what's it on? And then mm-hmm. I proceeded to say it's Marvel, Pineapple Couch, blah, blah, blah. Later in the class, I was referred to as the Marvel guy. So for better Hell or worse, yeah. I'm recognized by the teacher. We'll see how it goes. It's a philosophy class, so I'm not sure okay. if I... If it's like something I want to get called on out of the blue, but you know, got to promote the pod when I can. Mm-hmm. I bet he's a huge Guardians Two guy. I bet he is. He actually is a big Marvel fan, so I will find that cool. out. And... We'll have to get some nuggets throughout this quarter from the professor. Um, maybe he will uh, listen in or join us one day. Probably not, but that would be funny. Um, Moon Knight episode one. Um, we're gonna go through some of the beats of it, but. Uh, Initial reaction, Peter, like, don't really, we're going to spoil, obviously, the fuck out of that first episode, but, uh, Peter, off the top, what were your thoughts on this, just in general? I think it was about maybe 11 minutes in, 12 minutes into the episode, when I got that feeling that, if you're a fan of these types of movies and shows, you know that feeling where things just click. It's like a feeling of, like, joy and, like, glee it's just like this Mm -hmm. like you're a kid in a candy store basically when a little anxiety oh yeah the anxiety this hard time like that was like (laughs) on the edge but just like it it made sense it clicked for me quicker than i would say even because wandavision took a minute to establish what we were doing but this Mm -hmm. for me it did that same vibe that i got almost from no way home where it's just it feels like what you want it to be like it's yeah, it's gonna. It's it's setting the bar for what could come. 
obviously mm-hmm. this is a series, so I ha- we do have to have those, you know, reservations going forward. But yeah. it was a solid, solid start. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I think it actually, like, has a tougher job than really any of the other series, too, for the most part, off the top of my head, because this is the only one where we're introducing a brand new character and establishing all that. And they do a really good job of pulling you in right away to the story of Stephen Grant. Um, we obviously know there's Mark, there's Moon Knight, there's Conju, there's all these people. Um, I will. I mean, I've said a lot about this show before it was going to come out of my hype, you know, Peter. I think this is going to be the best one on Disney Plus, and this episode made me feel pretty good about that. The only thing that um, will maybe stand in its way in terms of maybe like lo- comparing it to Loki and WandaVision is Loki and WandaVision do have the ties to the rest of the MCU in a much bigger way in those shows. Um, so in some moments, that might make it seem a little bigger as we go throughout the series, but... I don't know. I don't think there's much this series can't do. I think it's going to be really good. And um, I expect this to be the best thing they put out on Disney Plus till Kenobi. And then I think Kenobi will be. Well, to your point, because I definitely was watching it and I was like, like you said, it doesn't have those pre-existing connections to MCU, which is what helped make the other shows so great. But what I think is really going to help anchor and push this show up there to where it could potentially be the best one for the MCU on Disney Plus is mm-hmm. Oscar Isaac's performance because it's giving the it's it's almost like the male equivalent to what Elizabeth Olsen is doing with Wanda, where you're playing someone who is so layered and so complex, and mm-hmm. you have to be able to sell that. And here he's playing like three different characters, and he's able to sell each character so convincingly and slip into them and do it in a way that doesn't feel like inauthentic it felt incredibly grounded and it was like it's so great to see oscar isaac rescued out of apocalypse brought into this world Mm -hmm. in a role that really gonna let him sink his teeth into it and just run with it i mean he's incredible he's uh, like similar like that's a good point you bring up with wandavision he's gonna carry this show on his ability to play different types of roles personalities exactly like wanda um oscar isaac i mean yeah they really saved him even he didn't get much stuff in star wars i would say either they kind of screwed him over a little there they kind of screwed over everyone in that series though they didn't get everyone enough time but um i think that it's a fantastic first episode peter and i'm really looking forward to it you want to start going through uh some of the beats of it definitely definitely so i mean we start off with we got the ethan hawk right his character putting the glass in his sandals that was that instantly was so i was having dinner when i was watching this episode and i had to like stop eating multiple times because i was like not just because i was like it was jarring what was on screen but just because i was just so engrossed in it this isn't a look at your this is like a don't even look at your phone at all show this is like you have to pay attention Mm -hmm. to what is happening yeah and so we find out we come to find out that this dude's arthur harrow and he's the leader of some sort of cult where they worship the female Egyptian god. What is the name of Am- the? Amit. Amit. Yeah. And so uh, really quickly, we know that uh, Moon Knight is associated with Khonshu. So it, is it appear that maybe Moon Knight is going to be fighting on behalf of Khonshu and Arthur Harrow will be fighting on behalf of Amit in the series finale? I think that's something that could be cool. I think, I think that's, a, that's a solid prediction to put out there. Okay, and then we have the the show credits. Uh, they roll. We see the Eternals in the Marvel logo for the first time. That was pretty I'm cool. Sure, that made you very happy. I am g- growing on the Eternals. That's all I'll say. Wait, what? That's all I'll say. I am. Did I, you rewatch it deep, or something? No, but I've done some deep thinking. I've done some deep thinking deep about thinking. that movie, and it was pretty good. It was pretty good, but what? but not great. I don't know. But what's for? Druig. Druig is really good in that movie. Kit Harrington's character, I really like. Cersei is great. And I think that I hate Richard Madden so much in that that maybe it's because it was effective, not him being bad. So I don't know. I'm, I rewatched uh, all the Batman movies recently, and it just kind of like 
you saw that superhero list I put out. This is a tangent fully now. I rewatched all the Batman and it, I almost on that superhero list just put Dark Knight 1, 2, and 3. Like Batman, like Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rides as 1, 2, and 3. You know, I have so many thoughts on that list, but I will, I will, I will save them. I will save We'll them. save it. That sounds like a live show type thing that uh-huh. we'll hopefully do next week. Um, but let's go to the opening scene of this show where we have Oscar Isaac, a.k.a. Stephen Grant. He's waking up in bed with chains shackled to uh, like these like ankle ankle weights, sh- chain shackled to his bed. I don't know. So he can like tell if he doesn't leave his bed sand surrounding it so he can see footprints if he left his bed painters tape on the door to see if the door was opened so we're clearly being it's established that when he falls asleep he like either sleepwalks does something that's what they're teasing in this correct correct and i just gotta say the cinematography on this was just nuts just the way you're so enveloped in every little aspect of his routine and just brought into this in such an immersive way again you have to pay attention to what's happening you can't like look away for any second Mm -hmm. and one thing uh i'll add this really quick that i was thinking about while watching the first episode and i encourage everyone else to think about going forward is this show had the least amount of reshoots in the history of the mcu i'm like miss marvel yeah so and this um, show they're coming in like confident yeah, and they might have just thrown a perfect game. I believe they've been given a the, the showrunners of this have been given another Marvel title. Is it Loki season two? I, think I believe is. so. So that obviously a lot of confidence in them, and you see it with like Peter, you're mentioning the camera shots. It, it, they just really have a lot going on, especially the use of mirrors, as we'll get into later. Um, he's late for the bu- oh wait, so he, he this is important. He has a fish in his apartment named Gus. It has one, one fin. fin. One fin, folks, Finding and then he call, call, and then he calls his mom. He calls his mom a couple times in this episode, and I'll get to my thoughts on that later because we never hear her voice. He's late for the in bus. Quotations. He gets on and he's like falling asleep on people. He's clearly like not doing well on the sleep side, not doing well mentally. And he shows up to the museum where he works, and he randomly starts dropping knowledge about Egypt on some little girl. But then he is interrupted by his boss Donna, who sucks. And she basically reminds him that he's a gift shop employee at this museum, not a tour guide, and really treats our boy Stephen like crap. Meanwhile, though, at the um, museum, a girl approaches Stephen and reminds him of a date they have planned that Stephen clearly has no idea about. But it's tomorrow, and they're going to be getting steak. He seems soaked or stoked. So we're already we're seeing some cracks in this. Like we're like, wait. How does he not remember he has a date? And so this is just going to keep building, keep building, keep building, folks. Um, Stephen helps Donna restock and corrects the ads in front of the store, saying they're inaccurately depicting the any ad, seven instead of nine. She basically tells him to fuck off. But what's important in this is Stephen may be, I mean, like, physically inept in some ways like fighting and stuff like that but he does have like a deep 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 knowledge of the egyptian gods and i think that'll come into play um peter what were your thoughts on this whole uh opening scene of steven going to work and introduce really introducing his character i think it was it was a nice refreshing just take on because he's not cool like tony stark or steve rogers or like He's like this mild-mannered, like, nerd museum gift shop employee who wants to be a museum guide. And it's like, we haven't seen really seen that thus far. Electro and Spider-Man 2 vibes. Yeah, but without without the weirdness of Electro. Yeah. I I feel like he was more just like, just like a normal, just like a normal guy that's going to get thrust into this. It was just very... Uh Like, because he didn't have, like, you can't say he's, like, you, like, Kate Bishop had the archery skills and the martial arts and all stuff mm-hmm. before she went normal to hero. He's just, like, a normal dude who is not fully there and just really, it was just, it was fascinating. He's got that interesting accent, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, which is, yeah. Learning about this character and the origin of it will be interesting. I think that's something that will develop as the show goes on. Um, But as he's leaving the museum, the security guard gets his name wrong. So we see how people kind of walk all over him. He leaves and he goes talks 
and he, he goes and he's eating a burrito and he talks to a statue in the park, just kind of we're showing how he's weird. He's just talking to a metal statue. It's just kind um, of sad, too. Yeah, sad, too. Helps us. Uh, he helps a couple take a pic. Um, and then he tells the statue if he's going to start dating that the shackles on he had in his bed would be a red flag. And then um, he says goodbye to the statue, goes back home and sets his room, sets him up, sets his room up for sleep protocol, which essentially means he puts the paint on the door. He puts the, the shackle tape on. on the door. Painter's tape on the door. He puts the shackle on. He puts sand around the bed. And he begins to listen to um, this, like, audio book where it's like, is there a story you'd like to be a part of? Solving puzzles, that sort of thing, trying to keep to him stay awake. awake. And as they're asking him, is there a story you would like to be a part of? He is reading about the Egyptian gods, which really quickly, does that set up that this is all possibly happening in his mind? You know, that's a that's an interesting thought, except there is the line that comes up a little bit later where he's told that he has chaos in him, which mm-hmm. I think negates that possibility that it's in his mind. Okay. okay. Because our Maybe. only other chaos person is the goat. Yeah. Interesting. Interessante. Okay. Um... He's doing Rubik's Cube, solving puzzles. Um, and Can you then do all a Rubik's of... Cube? No. I had a friend who used to be able to uh, solve a Rubik's Cube while riding a unicycle in a gorilla suit. Is this yeah. an April Fool's story? No, it's not. It's my friend Connor Kanzora from elementary school and junior high. Shout out to Connor. He was, inc- he was an incredible talent. Interesting. I'm being serious. He no, and I believe you. I, you. I don't have reason <laughs> to not believe you. I believe it's just that's fascinating. That's... That's mm-hmm. an accomplishment. A talented man. Um, so we flash to Steven now waking up with a broken jaw in a new area. He snaps his jaw back into place pretty gnarly. And then he proceeds to uh, get interrupted by a voice that tells him to go back to sleep. Calls him a worm. Tells him he's not supposed to be here. Surrender the b- body to Mark. The idiot's in control. Um, first thing that jumps out at me. So this is obviously Conchu talking to Stephen Grant, the Egyptian god that he has become a uh, a figurehead for. What's the word? Uh, something vessel. he's, he's be- a vessel for, right? Um, first thing I thought of, doesn't this kind of have Venom vibes? So, think, obviously we, we have a similar brainwave pattern here because, yeah, I definitely thought Venom and I was afraid for a second, but then I sort of reframed it and thought this is more Shazam vibes to me. I tried to put it that way, okay. so it would be less cringe, less fear of. I think it worked. Going down dark world. Yeah, it didn't sound like Venom and Eddie, which is just weird and just mm-hmm. odd. This is like just felt like okay, I'm on board. Yeah, and so he starts to get shot at. He evades them into a city where uh, Arthur Harrow, Ethan Hawke's character is doing weird rituals, and he begins to blend in with the crowd. Uh, Arthur Harrow emerges like a god figure. He's being praised. Um, He is here to make the earth as much like heaven as possible, judging people in Amit's name. This is a serious cult. These people are very much um, worshipping him. Any vibes of another group? Mm, are you gonna say flag smashers i mean a little bit that was we'll see take me back to that especially when like later when we see the people pulling off revealing the tattoo everywhere oh that yeah gave me that that's actually like pause about it but i do like i think again i think oscar Isaac's portrayal was really anchoring like when he was waving at the guard at the men in the tower like that whole frant- frantic energy is like i think mm-hmm keeping it from going back into that area yeah um so what goes on in this town is uh arthur harrow's character or ethan hawk's character arthur harrow has weights tattooed on his wrist that when he judges people by scales scales sorry scales on the wrist that when he holds the person's hand and has his cane like sway in the wind or whatever they move right and they judge people Green, you're good. Red, not good. 
and uh, we see a guy get green, and he's all good. Then we see this old lady who gets the red, and she says she's never done anything bad. Harrow basically says it might happen in the future, and he's, like, using this as a way to say, if we would have used this before, we could have stopped people like Hitler, which is kind of crazy. Um, why not say Thanos or uh, Red Skull? As has happened, maybe the... I, so again, we, which which you hadn't thought made me think about, but now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, where are we in the timeline? Yeah, that's something to think about because I don't, because it could be at any point right now. They haven't given us any context clues of anything going on. Um, so he sucks the life out of that old lady. She dies, and um, then the soldiers that were uh, chasing um, Oscar Isaac's character, Stephen Grant, uh, alert. Arthur Harrow, and he talks to Egyptians to make it obvious who the intruder is because everyone else sits down and uh, Oscar Isaac stands up. And they want this little gold piece of metal. That, what what do we think this is? I think it's scab. Is it scab or scarab or scarab. Yeah. Um, this is a lot like just piecing together a puzzle between the two of us. Yeah, it is. I was saying, um, but I think is I think maybe it's part of her treasure or part of her. Yeah, treasure. Yeah. So, like. but but like, do we think that this uh, is this going to be like a central part of the story? This scarab, like, is this going to be a key to unlocking some sort of power, like the last piece, or is this kind of like a? It's not actually as deep as we think it is i think it's more just a, a way for them to connect him to ethan hawk's character i think it's a way to to, to give him reason why he would notice more uh him in the first place mm -hmm. are you watching the episode no i was just reading something i was looking at uh it, the reflection it, I was, looked like you were watching there's a video on this website, but I'm looking at I'm just confirming it is the scarab. And so they're trying to get the scarab from uh, Oscar Isaac. And he like just can't. Kanchu won't let him give it up. He keeps moving his arms, all that sort of stuff. That was it, so good. That was that so, was so Andrew me. Garfield Spider-Man. Yes, but and also when Peter is astro project was projecting out of spite. Strange has him pushed out. And he's still been able to move as Spider-Man. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. But that's a great that's a great touch point, Andrew. That's a good one. Shout out um, to Andrew Garfield. Shout out to Andrew Garfield. Lord knows he needs help after uh, what I've heard about Morbius. Um, and so he starts to get like chased out of this town, and they're surrounding him trying to get it, and he basically blacks out. And then he wake. Stephen gains control, and there's just a bunch of dead people around him. Well, because he's surrounded by them before he blacks out. Mm -hmm. And then something happens and he wakes back up and they're all taken down. Um, so that's where we're starting to get a lot more hints at this different identity. Um, and then it turns into like a total like street chase of him in the cupcake van on the mountain. Uh, and the similar blacking out thing continues to happen where right when he's in deep trouble and it seems like Stephen's toast Mark takes control and fucks everyone up. It's Mark. just, and it's just that whole scene with the cupcake truck is so Marvel. It's like, this is why you're a Marvel fan and you can, and this feels normal to you. It's not like we switch tones of what this series is rapidly. It's not like, it's not jarring at all. It's like, this is part of the, the, the makeup of this show. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so after this, Steven, like, he loses about two or three days doing all this. He thinks it's all just a dream, which causes him to, uh, he goes to the dinner date. I know we have to talk about the fish still, but he goes to the dinner date, and he calls her because she's not there, and she's like, I was there two days ago. You stood me up. And so, Steven, like, we're starting to push together. Like, that was not a dream. That happened. And um, we get more confirmation of this because the goldfish Gus has two fins so something must have happened to gus and somebody replaced gus hoping that steven wouldn't know but he did notice because of the um, missing flipper but did so did mark replace yeah that's what goldfish? i think 
because mm-hmm. when they well, the pet shop woman was like you were here yesterday yeah uh-huh i think probably what happened is mark i don't know something happened maybe in the apartment where the fish got killed like i'm not really sure how the fish got hurt but mark was the one to replace it and mark seems to when he before he gives control back to steven in the apartment he hides things throughout the apartment that steven now begins to realize like he finds the the scratches on the floor to realize that the table is pulling over to this little spot in the ceiling where you could he finds a cell phone and car keys and, and this I, is what no go oh, ahead oh, please I, I was just gonna say just to precur to pre precursor this when he was eating the chocolates with the fish that mm-hmm. just adds to the layers of again this is not your typical mcu lead you know this is very much again a very specific where the details of things like that which lead to them and finding those scratches on the floor so i just thought things like that just like just are just mm-hmm. so apparent yeah and now he starts to trip out so it's like his apartment is like Things are falling down. He's trying to get out of it. He goes to, on the elevator and he sees this monster approaching him, like Conshu esque. And it turns out it's just an old lady. That was the scene in all the trailers where he's like, I'm looking for my eye contacts. Um, and then he goes on the train. Wait, did you skip the phone call? I did skip the phone call. Do you want to go through that? So he sees the phone and it's. A bunch of missed calls from Layla mm-hmm. and du- Duchamp. Du- du- Duchamp is the other only other name in there. Okay. So, and then he gets the phone call from Layla, who's like, "Mark, where are you're you? dead. What's going?" And it's and he's totally like, "What is going on? This isn't." Who is Mark? And at that point, you just know this show is just going full. It's going to be a mind fuck. Yeah. So Layla seems to be annoyed with him and hangs up. And then now we have Steven going to work on the bus. He's seeing Conchu in the streets. And then as he gets off the bus, he sees that Arthur Harrow himself was on that bus and is is tracking him, basically. So this is like the first time for Steven where he's like, oh, shit, that wasn't a dream, you know? And then he goes to work. He tries to get the security guard to help him out by not letting people in. It's too late. And he is soon surrounded by Arthur and his people. One note. Did you notice when he first got to work, he hadn't been missing from work? Like, nobody implied that, like, where didn't you show up to work? Yeah. um, Which I thought was an interesting... Maybe he had a couple days off. Or did... Or did, you know, did Mark go to work for him type thing? Because I, I felt like, especially after they oh, made such a big Mark deal. Oh, Mark definitely went to work for him. Because you know how they made such a big deal with the boss, like you're late at the beginning. But when she sees him again, she's like, oh, here, go take this downstairs. As if no big deal. Because Mark has had to go to work for Steven at one point because that's how he asked that girl out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a very good catch, Peter. Very, very good catch. Um, and now, basically, what we have happen is... Correct me if I'm wrong. Arthur Harrow judges Stephen, or attempts hands, to judge Stephen, attempts yeah. him, and it doesn't work. And he says, "There's chaos within you." Why doesn't this work? Is it because he has multiple personalities and it can't be judged? Is it because Konshu like won't be allowed to be judged by Amit? Like, what? What's your theory on that? I think so. He's not. He's not a Nexus being, though. Correct. No. So then I think it is the three, the fact that he's got three different personalities in himself that you can't, that it, that are in constant chaos with one another. So you can't fully judge one because of the fact that it's not just, he's not just sta- static as one person. Like it's, it's like mm-hmm. an organic living organism. There's a science word that I'm trying to think of for what I'm trying to think, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I do. I just don't know the science word either. Um, so he basically, after this confrontation, realizing how many of Arthur's people are around him, he runs away. We flash to later in the night when he's working at the gift shop, um, and we get this chilling scene where he thinks he hears a dog, 
And uh, he begins to go investigate it. And we quickly realize that this is a monster. And then Arthur Harrow basically goes on the telecom and says, what does he say? Like, give over the scarab. Isn't that what he was saying? Or was it something else? No, it was the give over the scarab. And yeah. And so Stephen just barely is avoiding this monster that's chasing him, avoiding. And he locks himself in this room where he's having a full on panic attack. And the Mark Spector character breaks out and is saying, like, let me take care of this. Let me take care of this. Steven's saying that he's not real. Mark is saying that he is real. So this is like an existential crisis that's going on for Stephen Grant right now. And what ends up happening is Mark does assume control. And in one of the most badass scenes in the history of Disney Plus, he goes full Moon Knight and we get to see him the end of him beating the crap out of that monster. And then we see the uniform reveal, which my God, Marvel is on fire with how their characters have been looking lately because Moon Knight looked freaking sweet. I mean, you said it perfectly right there. I thought you were going to drop the pen in a, in a mic drop moment, but there it goes. It was a delayed, <laughs> delayed drop. For those of you who can't see, he held a pen up in his hand in the screen, and I was like, he's just going to drop the pen. And it was more I should of a... Have. I a static thing. But yeah, I think the whole it was very what's interesting about the museum is it reminds me of Night at the Museum in a sense, just because that's my initial thoughts to museums and things being alive in there and it's being chased by that mm-hmm. skeletal dog situation. But again, that that existential crisis situation works so well because you're you're cause you're seeing one person play two different characters that are very different on screen with one another. And so th- it's like it works. It works in a way where you don't have to have a variant of himself to play off of himself. It's like he's play, he's mm-hmm. acting off of his own acting and then just becoming the third character of Moon Knight and just like Batman who, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with that uh, if we're talking about the Pattinson one. Um, the use I said this earlier, but the use of mirrors that they're doing in this show to signify the different like personalities talking is so freaking cool. Like that, I guess that I'm not like an artsy guy, but like the cinematography of it, if that's what it's called, like unbelievable. I really, really like it. And to that point, there's that scene at the beginning when he's walking to the museum for the first time and it goes from the reflection to then the in-person, which isn't almost... that when he leaves the statue or did they do that twice? Maybe it is. Maybe it is twice because I feel like. But I just feel like that is a such could Reflection, also be yeah. <clears throat> a way of saying showing when Mark is being him at the same time, like in. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. <clears throat> That's a good point. Um, so for me, like nine out of ten, ten out of ten, very very good start. I'm super excited to see where this show is going to go. Um, it's interesting theorizing about what's to come in this show. Because uh, I don't really think it's going to be connected to anything else in the MCU. I truly think that what we'll end up getting is we'll probably get a uh, origin of how Mark Spector became the vessel for Moon Knight in some sort of Egyptian, like Indiana Jones type episode, maybe. Um, and then we will eventually build to this conflict between uh, Arthur Harrow and then our Moon Knight, which is kind of just two vessels of Egyptian gods, Amit and Khonshu, fighting each other. Is there anything else bigger you think could be going on, or is that just about it? <clears throat> Which not I in a bad that's, way. That's a lot. I think that that is a very, a very valid point to where we could be going. The thing that lends to that is the fact that, allegedly, Oscar Isaac has said he's only signed on for this one season for the character. That's, but that's with a grain of salt with any anybody in the back. MCU. It's <clears> like... <throat> Is that really believable? Is it not? So it'd be curious to see because now Disney Plus, you have the ability to have these stories and then you can go away from them to go do other things. But you, now you have that character alive and well. And that character didn't have to perform at the box office, didn't have to do anything like that to establish himself. Now he just exists in the MCU. So if we need to pull him into something, we can pull him into something. And I think that's how they'll use them. I I anticipate, though, that this show will be very, very well received and that they will continue to do Moon Knight stuff. In terms of social media impact on the first episode, like nowhere near WandaVision or Loki. Nowhere near. 
Which is but, what I thought was super interesting because it's just they're more familiar characters, isn't that what it is? Yeah, and I think people would just weren't. I don't know. I feel like the hype was there, and I feel like it is there, and I just think maybe the reactions are kind of staggered because again, we're not in that pandemic bubble anymore. Mm-hmm. So it is taking people a little bit. People are having life in the way of watching. Yeah, and so I think that might play into it too. But because I thought for sure when. I went online that I was going to just see all these things online. I was like, oh, there's nothing really here at the moment. It's kind of, mm-hmm. I'm not being spoiled yet. Yeah, it's bringing in, I, I think it'll in the long run work out pretty well because it's bringing in a bigger audience. Like, for example, my dad hasn't really watched any of the Disney Plus shows, but he's in on Moon Knight. He's watching Moon Knight. So more of that, like, I don't know, for lack of a better word, mature, darker like audience i think that that's where moon knight comes in maybe a little older crowd where there is less hype on twitter compared to all the wanda stands who are like younger and crazy not in a bad way i love wanda but just you know what i mean does that make sense no totally and i think that's an interesting point about how different audiences are going to be drawn to this because i know excuse me i know for me it's like i've made sure that like my mom watches every single mcu disney plus show like i haven't let her miss one Mm -hmm. um except for boba fett um, <laughs> until we get to that. But anyways, and so this is the one that took the most convincing for her to do just because she thought it would be way too confusing for her to fully understand. So I had to, like, really, like, work this way. And then once she actually saw it, she was like, okay, I think I understand it. Especially when I framed it, like, this type of vibe is what you need to understand in order to watch Doctor Strange 2. Mm-hmm. So I made sure to, like, put it in a bigger context. But I think this show definitely will draw in more, in more of those people who were Netflix Marvel fans. Oh I'm yeah. Now gonna bridge back in. Mm-hmm. So um, overall, really, really good first episode, Peter. Anything else on that episode before we go through a few news things to wrap up? You know, uh, no, I think that's 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 solid. It's a very, it made me excited to cover something because you know Boba Fett was not the most exciting thing to cover. It was just coming in here week after week and shitting on it. Basically, and this is the opposite. Here we're actually yeah. going to talk about things that we're excited about again. Like we are, it's because of this leading to Kenobi, to Stranger Things, Doctor Strange. It's like we're going back Unreal. on the positive trajectory. So a- I'm absolutely. very excited for what's to come. And just I have seen it twice already. I'm probably going to watch it a couple more times before it comes mm-hmm. around again. And I think when we're in episodes like two, three, at the end of those, what we'll what we'll find is that we're allowed to really theorize. Like we used to with shows, and the so good old the, days. yeah, so that that'll be fun. Um, on to other topics. The Thor trailer. At this point, isn't it going to be the like closest to a movie date a comic book movie has ever released a trailer? Yes. Yeah, I think so. No Way Home was pretty close, but not that close. Yeah, it's already gotten closer than that. Um, and see, I think No Way Home, though, it helped, helps it makes the case for why it's okay to not have a trailer yet. Because oh, yeah. the, hype is, the hype is fully there for this movie, and we have seen nothing but for it other than, you know, set pictures and leaks here and there. But, like, even the leaks aren't even that huge. So, it's just, so I think this movie's done a pretty solid job of... It doesn't necessarily need trailer to trailer to sell it. Oh my god, I just got got on Twitter by a fake Thor Love and Thunder trailer. I literally just sprung up and someone... Got, I like, saw, so I'm sitting here and I'm having this dialogue. This, this I'm listening. I know that, but no, I'm saying I'm monologue. I'm having this monologue uh-huh. if you're listening. And then I just see this reaction in him where he like sits up straight, his eyes get wide. And then it, just, oh, they just it was the so pen all good. over again. That got me so good. You know they're not going to... Re- I mean, they honestly could release it on my pool pool day. I would not be surprised if they released oh, it. Oh, that's day, why but... they're all doing this to me. Fuck them. Okay. Um, is Thor 4 taking place in a MCU that is obviously post-Multiverse of Madness? Like, we see the effects of that. And that's why we haven't gotten a trailer? That's a theory, yeah. That's an that's I think part of the issue that we had is that COVID reshuffled the movies around. So mm-hmm. I think what so I think whereas you have things like 
Venom 2 and Morbius that tried to capitalize off No Way Home. Mm-hmm. That, and they reshot to do that. Here we have MCU, which is much more methodical and thought out that they were like, okay, if we're having to move these movies around, we can switch these things around as well. So when they do release the trailer, I would not be surprised if it's a, if they do get a trailer or some stuff. We have to get something. But whatever we get, I feel is going to be fully like the Infinity War, like Endgame trailer was, where it's like the first half of the movie or like first mm-hmm. parts. We're not getting everything. Yeah, I'm very, uh, very, very excited for Thor Love and Thunder. Let's like the the confusion of the reshoots and stuff and the delayed trailer. Let's not get it twisted. I think this movie's going to be really good. Um, speaking of not so good things, Ezra Miller, correct? Is his name? Yes. He is uh, a notorious douchebag, if I may say. Um, Really notorious for just being a shitbag. 99.99999% of the time. Everything that guy does sucks, for the most part, is what I will say. He told he like broke into he got into an argument with people in Hawaii, this couple, and told them that he was going to kill them both. And they filed a restraining order. Yeah. So they have a restraining order against him after he said that he was going to kill them both. Um, A lot of stuff has come out that's saying that the main reason the flash has been getting delayed is not reshoots. It's because of trouble that uh, Ezra is going through as an individual. And I know in a lot of these situations, we're like trying to offer help. We're like, I hope he finds that. And I guess I do with that. I, I, but fuck this guy. This dude sucks. Fire him today. Replace the Flash. First of all, it would be a giant blessing if the Flash movie just never came out. That'd be awesome. Just don't release that movie. Don't do it. No one wants to see it. Keep the Snyderverse alive. Secondly, and replace Flash, by the way. Massively replace the Flash. I just, it's just like, James Gunn was fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3 for, for like a couple months for a 10-year-old tweet. That wasn't good. I'm not defending that. And there's all this stuff, like, of people having to apologize. Of I think something happened with Brie Larson where they were getting mad at her. Stupid. Letitia Wright, everyone hates. But we're letting the main dude of the flash the biggest thing i guess they have going on in their dc universe like when they're all interconnecting and he's threatening to kill people and he has multiple accounts of like violence and assault i mean just fuck this guy i really like wish nothing but misery for him and i hope he gets fired and i hope he doesn't have a job and i hope things go very bad for him that is my rant i really don't like that guy so <laughs> the delayed pen drop is that's what this podcast should be called the delayed pen drop yeah um i i i've all from the very beginning of mcu and dc's universe creation i always thought it was the biggest l that they had a solid roster on their of superheroes on their cw cast shows where they actually were casting people that looked like the characters that were grounded. So for them to have someone like Grant Gustin, who plays the flash going on season, he looks way better. It is like, it is the flash. Like I watched that show for a long time and then it just sort of fell off because had too many shows to watch. But like when you have something like that and you don't bring it, you don't use it as an opportunity to draw eyeballs from something that's already established to your movies. That makes no sense to me. Like, why not? It's like they had the opportunity to do Disney Plus before Disney Plus was doing what Disney Plus is doing. And they didn't do it because they were like, that's TV. We don't want to, we have to separate ourselves through our highbrow movies, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's a big misstep because now you're faced with all these issues here where the Flash movie, which is also supposedly like this time travel space yeah, well, they're adventure thing, which is like, yeah, it's, 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 it's this is a very weird predicament they keep digging themselves into and where one minute Snyderverse is gone and then Snyderverse is all that's being talked about at the Oscars and then it's back in so it's like it's a, it's a he's a trash a, bag yeah and I think it's it's unfortunate for people who are fans of the co- of the characters at the oh, yeah. core the comic characters because as you're just seeing a weird 
thing play out where you've got delays and delays of a movie that may, who knows if it'll come out. And then that movie is supposed to be what's going to save their extended universe. But is it really going to or just confuse people even more? I know nothing makes sense in this world we live in. I've accepted that. (laughs) I just don't understand how in the age of like. I don't even want to say cancel culture because that's not the right word, but in an age where movie stars and people, your history is being held really accountable, correct? Yes. And they're about to release this giant movie with this dude who's multiple accounts of like violence and assault and restraining orders. Like, I just don't understand how. Well, it's such an imperfect system of what canceling is and. (laughs) uncanceling and what's let's what gets let to slide and what doesn't and its privileges and it's a very weird area that's unnav that wasn't never navigated and now as it tries to be navigated it's just not no one no one knows what to do with the wheel and it's going in every direction so when you have and then he's also in you know the new fantastic beast movie so is that one going to be impacted too so you have someone who's a major part of these different franchises Especially when you're trying to hinge the the DC extended universe on the Flash movie, on the Flash, as your sort of character that can travel the different verses. It's a mess. It's such a mess. Such a mess. Um, Kenobi moves back two days, same day as the Stranger Things release. Uh, First two episodes will drop that night. Um... Not too much to talk about there, but I guess, Peter, what do you watch first? Stranger Things or Kenobi? Well, to pre- to, to, before that, though, that's weird to me that they they pushed it, first of all. Like, that just seems very odd. And they tried to make it, like, this big hype announcement. Like, Ewan McGregor came out to, like, shows coming out. Thanks for the support. Mm-hmm. But we're moving it to Friday. But then we're jumping back to Wednesdays. So I know so- someone, I think it was... Den of Nerds, maybe that was like by by the by the week second week, well, I've seen half of Kenobi. Like in a span of like five days or something. Like you'll get yeah. Half, which I don't is know if weird. that's that smart. You should draw it out. That's that just doesn't seem to work. I don't think you need to drop two episodes to convince people to watch Kenobi. I think that's a misstep for sure. I think, I think honestly, putting it up against Stranger Things is going to come out with Stranger Things on top. God, they keep doing these fucking fake Stop. Thor: Love and Thunder trailers. Stop looking. I'm sorry, at those I'm looking things. for news. I'm looking for news. Um, yeah, I, I agree though. Things. I agree. Uh, it's a giant misstep. You don't need to lure people in with two of Kenobi. I mean, you could make an argument that of any show in the history of Disney Plus, the one that you don't need to lure people in for is Kenobi. So like, then, I guess to your question though, at midnight. Is it the is it the Tadam so Netflix let's, or let's, is it just the blue light of Disney Plus? Oh, coming I out like of your this. Screen? Well, let's uh, let's establish the stage here, Peter. Let's establish it. How many episodes of Stranger Things we think? Four or five? We get four. Okay. But they're the length. They're probably each two hours. Wow. Remember, they said it's like a double-sized oh, yeah. season, so we're probably getting like eight hours of content. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'll probably watch the Kenobi stuff first, and then the following morning, just the whole day, I watch Stranger Things with my mom. think that's the move. Even though I'm more excited for Stranger Things, and nah, I don't know, it's such a toast call between those two. I just so here's, like, let me add to that conversation, though. I think Stranger Things will get spoiled faster online than Kenobi will. Really? Oh, yeah. What makes you say that? More people... Stranger Things crosses across different peoples. Whereas Star Wars is, you know, it's, it's, it's more niche. But Stranger Things, you know, you're your barista, your gardener, your doctor, your mm-hmm. I guess yeah. I guess I'm starting with Kenobi is because I know I'm not going to want to like stop when I'm watching Stranger Things, so I'm saving that till the following morning so I can just go all the way through. So then what you're, you're just saying a, So no, you're so going you're going to watch the whole Stranger Things and then Kenobi? 
You're gonna no. go eight. You're gonna like it's gonna be Friday night, and I'm, you're not gonna have seen. Hello there, Kenobi yet? Come on. <laughs> okay, you know what? Because I'm a tea player, I. How are we gonna cover that? I know, like, no one cares who's listening to how we're gonna cover that, but like, same we time. We care. That would be so, interesting. Yeah, we're just gonna have an emergency Friday night live stream. Miss Marvel during that time too? No, you can't have Miss. I don't think so. No, Miss Marvel will come out after. So yeah, I think you're right. We would watch Kenobi. June 8th. Okay, so we watched Kenobi. We would... You go Kenobi, and then you do uh, the first two episodes or something of Stranger Things, and then the next two. We could watch Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Record a pod right after Kenobi. Mm-hmm. At 2 a.m. in the morning, or at oh, 30. Oh, Christ. And then get some sleep. And then Stranger Things. Stranger Things. And then we could do a live stream with initial thoughts. And then come give people a weekend. And then we do the Stranger Things podcast. All right. Well, you heard it here for first, folks. That's exactly (laughs) how we are going to do it. Um, Any other stuff we want to touch on today, Peter? Um, I am constantly getting tricked by twitter but i will check one last time to see if any news dropped dr strange is trending that can't be good it's oh. trending because fake final so trailers um yeah so there was something there was something that was chris evans confirmed to cameo in dr strange yeah screw you and your april fool's jokes um Lightyear. Did you watch the trailer for Lightyear? Oh, yeah. The Buzz. Buzz Lightyear. That looks pretty cool. I don't know. I like... I I will wait till that is on. Disney Plus. He's not going to wait till that's on Disney Plus, ladies and gentlemen, because we will be recapping what that is. Okay. Well, all right. That's fair. I will watch. I'm a big Toy Story guy. I understand. I'll watch it. This is like the origin of... The character, character Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, Buzz okay. Lightyear is cool. toys based on. And it's Chris Evans, Marvel. Yeah, good point, good point, good point. It's not um, Morbius. We will also be covering the Garfield, uh, or the Mario movie that Chris Pratt is acting in. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, um, you know, for a second I knew that you were kidding, but at the same time I was like, I will do this for him. If he needs to, if he wants, if he's that big of a no. Chris Pratt fan, I will... Watch Chris you, Pratt play Mario. You have till August 21st to understand completely what Game of Thrones is. So oh, because the new home. one comes out? Yeah. I did see and the I mean, posters. I did see the posters. It's like set in a different time period, so you don't necessarily need to know like what happens to Game of Thrones, but it is good to like the, the lore. The Westeros is, is a great place. It's so that's great. August? Mm-hmm. And so Lord of the Rings exciting. is... September, July, I believe. September. I've heard so this, such bad things about Lord of the Rings. And you've been, and every time we, we, every time he mentions this, ladies and gentlemen, on the podcast, I always say, okay, off, off camera, tell me what's what's what we're talking about, and I never get told. So I look forward to hearing about this off camera, or maybe not hearing about this off camera. But I've just, just heard that it's stupid, and that like Lord of the Rings fans really don't like it, and like some of the d- decisions they've made with characters, and. I've just heard like a, I know they're not owned by Disney, but like a Disney-fied. It's just what I've heard. I've heard that it reminds people a lot more of the Hobbit movies than the Lord of the Rings movies, which we know is not good. Yes, yes. I did like parts of the Hobbit movies, but not. But comparing them to like Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you can't, you can't compare them to Lord of the Rings. Like you can't do that. You can't. Um, I guess one thing I would say is that. Do you think we have missed the opportunity for a Marvel movie to do what the Lord of the Rings movies did and win a Best Picture Oscar? No, I don't think we've missed it. If we didn't get it with No Way Home, if we didn't get it with 
Infinity War, if there was going to be a Marvel movie to get it, should have gotten it. But I I think um here's a hot take. I guarantee, guarantee the Joe and Anthony Russo, one of their future projects in Marvel, whether it be the Secret War stuff, that will win an Oscar. Okay. I, I'm 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 there. Let's put it that's the one where they bring first. back Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans, Hugh Jackman. Like when the one when they go all in on that, that hopefully could get an Oscar. But I also feel like the Oscars, they're so like, I'm the greatest thing ever. I'm so cool that they'll never put in a Marvel movie. And they I also like to that point, I don't care. Like, screw them. They, they're like a bunch of people who love to like t- pat themselves on the back and tell each other how good you are. You know? True, true, but you know, one day it'd be cool though. It'd be cool. What do um, you think of Chris Rock, Will Smith? I haven't talked to you about that. Um, yeah, I think it's a super complex situation. I think it was not handled what, as in, as in, what the overarching situation was. Oh, okay. Have, I don't think he should have gone up to hit him. I think that was not the right call. I mean, I understand, I understand how he tried to frame it and change the framing of it. And like, he laughed and then he saw her reaction was like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Let me go Claire fix the situation. But at the same time to then allegedly refuse to leave, allegedly still stay, allegedly all these things that should have happened. It's just such a weird flex of privilege that doesn't look good. And it mm-hmm. isn't good for what we tolerate as a society. And it's like, it's just, it's it's not going to yeah. win. I'm hearing that allegedly he's getting dropped from things that he was supposed to be part of in the future, future projects. Good. I could, okay, here's why I think that's good. I, first of all, am I glad he went and slapped Chris Rock? Yeah, that was incredibly entertaining. Like, I'm really glad this story has happened. Um, do I think it's a giant douchebag move? Oh, yeah. Think about the ego you have to have to do something like that. And then the ego to stay in there. And here's the third thing. Everyone's talking like Will Smith's one of the greatest actors of all time. Name me a really good movie that Will Smith is a main actor in. Really pers- good movie. That's it. The Pursuit of Happiness, that's it. There's so here's no other I'll- really good movie that he is in is good. King Richard could have been cool. I think, I, I mean, I know you're a big tennis fan. I saw King Richard. King Richard sucked. And I was really disappointed because it could have been a great story because that is like the two greatest female tennis players of all time with an enigmatic father. And he was bad in it. And then he tried to, in his speech, talk about how he's defending people and he's a vessel for spreading love. You just have to be so in your own world, I guess. And I won. Jada Pinkett Smith sucks too. She was terrible in the Gotham show. She Will Smith has made fun of alopecia before. Jada Smith has made fun of it. First of all, like also, I don't think alopecia, we should be treating it like cancer. You're fine. You're losing hair. People go bald. Like he didn't like make a joke that is that fucked up. And so she, and other thing, she's just fucking dudes all the time. And he's crying on her show. Like I saw these memes where if, Someone made fun of Will Smith, like Chris Walker made fun of Will Smith, like he did uh, Jada, which I don't even think it was that gnarly, that Jada would have gone on stage and laughed with him at Will. So I think Will, I mean, this is just people who are out of touch with reality. They're crazy. But the best thing, Peter, the best thing that comes from this, Jaden Smith, no longer in the running for Miles Morales. No chance. That tweet, get, no, no way. We don't want you. We never wanted you. But hopefully this just signif- like got him the fuck out of here. Because he has a good song with Young Thug. That's it. To the, <laughs> There's so many things I need to address in this, in this statement. First one, I thought to King Richard, which I still have not seen. And, and I think that says oh a my lot God. for me. That, folks, that tells you all you need to know about King Richard. Peter Gonzalez, the biggest tennis fan I know, not even close. If that movie was good, Peter would have seen it. Well, here's the thing. I think I, I will. I would eventually will see it. But for me, there's that joke. I think Amy Schindler and Amy Schumer made it where she said they made a movie about the Williams sisters that was about their dad. It wasn't about them, which I get. The dad's super instrumental 
but because I know that they can't make a movie about the Williams sisters yet, because obviously that's its own eventual biopic that will obviously win awards later on when they do ultimately make it, because they're not done yet and they're still actively playing. I think that's why it suffers as a movie because of that. I think to the next point, which is as an actor, I think Will Smith is very much like Tom Cruise, where it's like, you know what you're going to get in the movie and that it like no I, I i'm a mission impossible stan like i watch all those movies but like i know what i'm gonna get out of a tom cruise movie i'm not expecting what oscar isaac is doing here in moon knight to come from them as an actor so i don't i don't i think will smith's win was maybe not was more of a not deservedly so win i think that um benedict did amazing in his movie that he did from what i saw of the movie it's a very hard movie to watch it's long but I think also Andrew, because but I think Andrew didn't get it because he's younger. I think Andrew should have gotten it, if I'm being honest. You haven't seen Andrew. that movie, though. I've watched enough clips from it where I think that, holy shit, he should have won it. I saw King Richard. It sucked. Dog, <laughs> so yeah, so I, saw, that... I couldn't. The dog's boring. Couldn't do that one. The I need to watch Tick, Tick, Boom. But just from the clips I've seen of it in like the range of performance, I mean, I think he should have won. But also, I think like I saw this movie called old henry and i'd give that dude the oscar over all these people old so henry it's like, old henry but it's old henry this is just badass movie i saw this year really did you watch so i so i guess i so again i think andrew also could have won did a phenomenal job in the eyes of tammy faye which is the one that gave jessica chastain her best actress win but i think again it showed someone who's acting acting and like his different characters and everything that they play they're not the same sort of person and everything, mm-hmm. which is, I think, what that ultimately was. And then I haven't seen Coda, which won Best Picture. It does seem interesting, like I would watch it at some point, but it just didn't, wasn't, like, on the top of my list to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what a roller coaster to end the episode. Oh, I guess, and I, well, I almost forgot, to your other points that you had in there, the Will and Jada thing is a very fascinating thing, like how she talks about him and talk, he talks about her, their marriage. It's a very weird situation that plays out in the public eye that nobody really wants to know about and doesn't need to know about. And I mean, I, it's so I'm sure they're going to talk about it on the red table at some point. They're going to bring Chris Rock in there and they're going to do it unless Chris Rock just is like, forget all Chris of Rock. I think Chris Rock is planning the, the demise of Will and Jada Smith. Mm, I think I the, think... the, the com- comedians are going, you know, the Barbara Streisand effect. Barbara Streisand effect, no, but this is interesting. So the Barbara Streisand effect is, uh, Barbara Streisand, she lived in Hollywood, and she got really annoyed of people in helicopters flying over her property and looking at it. So she made this big deal about it. What happened? Uh, way more people went and did that because she brought it up. This is the same thing. You think comedians aren't going to just go full on at Jada and Will now? It's like war. You have Adam Sandler tweeting about it. I think this Chris Rock tour, he's being smart. He's not saying anything. He's going to eviscerate Will Smith for like two years. And every comedian is. Every, well, if you're, yeah, you even saw Wanda Sykes, who was one of the hosts, went on Ellen and talked about how bad she felt about it and how she thought he should have left also. You're seeing everyone left and right yeah. how to do this. So if you are doing this, this is going to say maybe he's not going to get to do stuff like SNL anymore because to promote his movies going forward. That'd be great. He's going to lose that see him suffer for this. So we're going to, and I think if, I think that is a very interesting thing to look for, to look to see if, how that plays out. If it does ultimately result in his dismantling because of this. And, you know, outside, if we lose the dude from the karate kid in MCU, that's fine. Yeah. The, um, the, the difference between, Will Smith is dead shot in the first Suicide Squad and Idris Elba as dead shot in um, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Oh, my God. Idris Elba just walks circles around him. Well, that's again, that's someone who is a nuanced actor who can play different characters and does it yeah. with he's never the same. So, I mean, he's Heimdall. Yeah, and Will Smith just is a cuck. 
who lets his wife bang his younger son's friends and then talk about it on a podcast and cry and then get so much shit for that for over a year he decides to on national tv go punch a dude slap slap a dude who's unexpecting it who's like 60 pounds lighter and three inches shorter he's not insecure at all peter <laughs> no insecurities there it's 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 wild it's it's definitely wild and i wonder how much further reaching this is gonna because again this stole the conversation from everything else that happened on the show that could have been oh, positive really? that the ratings were up you had the three female comedians that you had coda win for best picture all those stories gone yep so shout out to will smith hope you're doing well not really if you want to come on the comp pineapple couch sometime will smith this has been a net great episode where we've discovered all how Brian feels about so many people, you know, Let, that. letting loose. Um, which is good because none of these people are necessarily people that I look forward to working with in the future, which is good. So, yeah, good. So any Peter times Will Smith collaborations, if I'm going to be your lawyer for those, but it's just not happening. It's not happening. I'm not letting you get in that situation, Peter. I'm looking out for the best. Um, on that note, this has been episode 159 of the Pineapple Couch. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Peter, for joining. We will be back next week to talk some Moon Knight episode two. I don't know. Maybe someone else gets slapped. We'll see. And my hot take on Morbius. Hot take on Morbius. Oh, yeah. We'll have a... Maybe we'll start the show with Peter reporting from Morbius. Um, one last pen drop. And we'll see you next time. Later, folks. God bless. Thank you.